the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rescuers Radio Show, heard on uh, Faith Talk 1360, faithtalk1360.com, and uh, you can find us uh, as a podcast on Spotify, Instagram, and a lot of other places, Facebook. Uh, Just uh, look for Rescuers Radio Show. I'm really uh, glad to have in the studio right now the CEO of Not My Kid, Kristen Pollan. That's right. Hi. And and uh, so glad you could you could make it. Very happy to be here. Yeah. So um, uh, we're going to dive right in. You've been there for quite a while in this nonprofit, and uh, I like I like starting every show with giving us a little backstory of my guest. Sure. So tell tell us who, how you got here and how you got this position and. Uh, yeah, it's it's been quite a journey, but I, I moved to Arizona in 97, so I feel like I'm a real Arizonan, and uh, my career got started. I, I knew exactly what I wanted to do when I came out here and, and reached out to a couple leaders in the Valley that my passion was substance use disorders, helping people that were struggling with addiction, and I, I found a passion inside of that work through prevention and was very fortunate to have 17 years at an organization called Community Bridges and uh, got to work for an amazing mentor, Dr. Frank Scarpati, and met a whole community uh, of advocates and, and leaders. And so um, in that time when I was getting ready to make a transition for something different, it was time, I got the opportunity to meet Debbie Moak, the founder <laughs> of Not My I Kid. Debbie well. Yeah, and she's uh, she just lit me up with excitement and an opportunity um, presented itself in 2015 to head over to that organization. So from VP to uh, CEO today, a lot of good people that I work with, an amazing team. And doing dream work, heart work, it's, it's been an amazing ride. So I'm really grateful for all the opportunities I've had. Yeah. You and I were talking a little bit before the show started that um, we were talking about some, some of the videos that have been done on substance abuse here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And uh, were you in one of the call centers? or I, you, I was. You were? Okay. Yes. Uh, the Unhooked, Crystal Darkness, a lot of these campaigns that people, as we were just talking about, yeah. didn't think we could pull off going all network, broadcasting everywhere, messages to the masses mm-hmm. about you can get help. There is yeah. um, support for families, for people that are struggling with addiction. And that really has been a message that's resonating is taking away the stigma 
from people that are struggling with substance use disorders and mental health struggles. You know, the last time I checked, they can uh, the, those programs can still be found on YouTube, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Crystal Darkness back in mm-hmm. 2008, and then uh, 15, we did uh, Hooked, Tracking yep. Heroin's Hold on Arizona, and then in 2017, uh, From Prescription to Addiction. That's right. And we're the only state in the, in the whole country that's ever done it, not once, twice, but three times. Mm-hmm. Every station in the state at the same time. Yeah. And uh, not throwaway time either. It was pre-prime and um, radio and TV. And um, each time we had a 1,000 or a 100-person call center which you were a part of for mm-hmm. all of those or one or two? I was a part of all three. Wow. So it, it's been... And you know the number of calls that we had. We yeah. had uh, several thousand calls for each of those shows. Yeah. Could yeah. you imagine if we did that now? Oh, my. Um, with, on with, the, with COVID. With COVID. Yeah. And really where the focus point is for a lot of providers in the Valley right now is the, the next wave that's coming from this pandemic, and that is the mental health yeah fallout. Um, We're seeing dramatic rises in opioid overdoses. Um, It's it's dramatic. Suicide rate. Suicide rate. Um, There's a lot of need out there. Uh, And I I think that that has been something that our organization and many organizations all across the Valley have been addressing, not only the public health crisis, but the mental health crisis. So uh, you mentioned it was your passion to get into this. Mm -hmm. What was there? Tell us about that background. How did you identify with that? Well, I think that, you know, some people are called to this work because of things that they personally struggle with. And I, I think that, for for me, I, I knew very early on that there was a pull and a draw to substances, and uh, I struggled with alcohol and drug addiction. Uh, probably came as close to death as you can come when I was in college, so I'm really fortunate that I had some wake-up calls. I had the right people around me at the time to yeah. get sober when I was in college, and I think that, um, you know, for me— and really what the story is behind Not My Kid and what we share when we work with kids is helping them understand maybe what that why is that they're numbing and running from, that they need that, that it's not always just boredom and peer pressure, that there could be a struggle. Yeah. Um, it could be depression, anxiety. And, you know, I didn't have social media and a phone in my hand when I was young, so I, I can't imagine what the kids are. Well, I do. We hear from the kids yeah. all the time in terms of what they're struggling with. And so we're really trying to go deep and share personal stories of experience, strength, and hope with parents and kids. And so I'm surrounded by an army of helpers at Not My Kid who, you know, a lot of them have personal stories and backgrounds. Um, we all are recovering from something. Yeah. And, and I think that um, when we bring that message to light, kids and and make sure they understand it's it's okay to ask for help Mm -hmm. um it's not a weakness it's something that you can't get help for i was given that gift and you know it hasn't been an easy journey i I think that um there's not one way to recover there's also no guarantee that's why that day at a time really works in the recovery (laughs) community um so yeah i think the personal passion of my own experience with drugs and alcohol my enlightenment and recovery and also being a mom of two teen boys. Mm-hmm. So I'm in it, yep. like in the thick of it yep. <laughs> right now. Um, to, the fight to make sure that they can make it out of the teen years happy, healthy, and whole. So it's personal. 
So Not My Kid is a standalone uh, nonprofit. It is. And it's been organized for a lot of years. 20 years. We just celebrated 20 years wow. in April of last year. Awesome. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. And um, do you have, do you, within, how do you take care of all of the programs that you have? Because you have a long list of of programs and services that you have. And we're going to talk about some of those. We do. We do. So something I I think that's interesting to share is a lot of people know Not My Kid to be uh, one of the largest prevention programs in the state. And we are. Our presence in front of um, students all across the valley and statewide But we've also um, really grown in the early intervention space for kids that are starting to struggle. Um, Maybe they're vaping. Maybe they are starting to get into some substance uh, abuse and use that that is concerning. And they're starting to cross the line, hit the tipping point. It's getting younger and younger, too, right? Very much so. And so um, not only that as being a key core service that we want to raise awareness about, but during this time of COVID, when everything shut down, we saw an urgent mental health crisis start to happen when kids were isolated from their peers, isolated from their support environments. And we know we knew we needed to do something. Yeah. And so we actually opened a, a, an outpatient treatment center. Really? So, yes, it's it's new. We are scaling um, in a very strategic way. We we know that the need is out there. So is that within the building? Within the in? building. Wow. That's right. So a lot of people know not my kid to be located right at that Shea and Tatum the corridor. Black, the Black Glass Building. Right? That's right. The mirror building <laughs> yeah. that all the birds like to fly into. <laughs> so, um, But that now is also a healing place. It's for kids that are experiencing um, mental health struggles, depression. We're doing some family counseling. And probably the most exciting program that I can't wait to see unfold, and it's, it's happening as we speak, we're going to be opening a, a peer support program. So kids that might be seeing counselors all throughout the valley. They might have a therapist they see once a week. What we're going to build is a support program that wraps around that. So we'll have uh, trained certified peer support specialists that can work with kids. It's all done through an app. Um, It's called NMK Inspired. And it just went live in the Apple store today. So it's going to be an amazing program. And we think the best partnerships are with the schools pediatricians, and, and all the behavioral health community therapists, psychologists. What's the, what's the name of the app? It's Inspired, NMK Inspired. So that is um, our latest and greatest program unfolding. And really what this means is not my kid is a full continuum provider, prevention, early intervention, and treatment. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. So I, I, I'm sorry to say I've never been in the building. Yeah. <laughs> so how many floors are by. there? And, we and are the entire bottom floor. Yeah. Yep, we're in the entire bottom floor. Nice. Uh, we have a small and mighty team of, of 20. So we have a lot of part-time speakers in addition to that and facilitators doing a lot of life skills training. So there's a lot of champions that are are in the not my kid space, you know, maybe they have other jobs, but they've got a passion point too for doing this work. So really, it it is safe to say we are peer driven, peer run. Um, We will pair you with the right person to to fit what your child or a parent may need in terms of support. That's great. Yeah. So uh, I rarely talk about myself in these shows because it's all about my guests. And uh, but I'm going to this time. Go for it. Uh, my my journey with this issue was growing up in a family where my mom was addicted to prescription drugs her whole life. Mm. 
And so you can imagine what what it was like in that household. Uh, many visits to mental health associations, mental hospitals, uh, you name it. A lot of uh, suicide attempts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I wanted, as a kid, I was, I, I was angry about all of that. And, um, and I, did, I wanted to run from it, not to it. Mm-hmm. But when I was first asked to get involved in the crystal meth program, mm-hmm. God let me know that you're equipped to do this. Yes. And I never, ever would have identified that. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's amazing how uh, everyone's higher power kind of works when you uh, open your mind to uh, it and puts you on a path of purpose, well, right? Well, and once we realize we're all broken people, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and just say, I, I really need help. I really need out of this. Yes. So, uh, and, and you're that source Yes. when that happens. So for you, was that a path to healing? It was, yeah, 24 years ago. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so it started a whole brand new path, and for me, I, I gave my life to Christ and and uh, it's been a great journey, and and that and and I, I think without that, I never would have been involved in any of those programs mm-hmm. that made history in, yeah. in in the in not only in Phoenix but in in the country, mm-hmm. because one of them uh, hooked uh, tracking heroin's hold on Arizona was actually given a national honor in Washington. It's amazing. And whoever would have guessed? I mean, it wasn't about me. It was about everything like people like you and. And other, uh, 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 they came from all over the state, I I remember it, uh, from recovery centers that they just wanted to be a part of the. Absolutely. I I mean, you would feel that energy in the room of, you know, a lot of the beloved providers in town. There are so many that are doing such good work. I mean, on the ground, working with the homeless community, working in the schools. And really what that message is, is. I don't know many people that aren't impacted by addiction right. and mental health issues. And so the more we bring that to light, that one in five of, the, of us have struggled with it or live with somebody, and those things are, are traumatic, um, and we have to bring them out of the darkness and, and re- help people to realize there is help. And you can't stereotype people. You can't. Uh, whether they're extremely wealthy or poor or wherever they are in the economic scale. That's right. Everybody. I always say the mantra is equal opportunity affliction. I don't care where you come from, who you are. Anybody uh, is is going to struggle with uh, drugs and alcohol, no matter where you come from. So, how hard has it been to work, and how bad? How did you have to rescale your operation for COVID? Well, I, I would say we were one of the organizations that probably, and it wasn't just us, there were others, but um, our gala, our annual gala for our, our biggest fundraiser of the yeah. year was two weeks before the state shut down. Wow. So it hit us at the absolute worst time. It was our 20th anniversary celebration. Uh, we rely on all the dollars that we raise there to go into free programming for families that can't afford services, schools that need us to come in for free. Yeah. Um, so the pivot and the response was very dramatic. We moved at breathless speed right away to, to start doing something. And we knew the most important thing was that we had to get back in front of kids right away because they were shut down from school. So the way our team rallied in a matter of 10 days to get virtually online wow. in front of thousands of kids um, was a massive undertaking, but we did it. Yeah. So, and, and I think that every day... 
it was exhausting. Yeah. It, it was an exhausting time, but we knew that we had to do it. We ran summer programs that were virtual, support groups for kids, and we, we just networked like crazy to get um, access to those kids so they knew that they had a place to tune into. Um, and ever since, I mean, we've just been building a community in that way. And for the adults, uh, I think something very surprising happened for us. We started doing webinars and, you know, our board president, Seth Liebson, was like, let's let's go. Let's start getting the message out about urgent mental health. And we started rallying local leaders doing webinars. And we went from like walking into an auditorium where maybe 20 to 100 people would show up to having 800 to 1,000 people pick up their phone, click a link, and dial yeah. into something live. Yeah. So, you know, there there are blessings yeah. that have happened from this. Yep. And the other thing was it pushed us, you know, to to see all of the struggle that was happening from kids and families we opened up a text line and was like okay we we've it's time to do this mental health um treatment side of for the organization and by august we were licensed by the state of arizona to start opening our doors so it just it pushed us in the right way yeah so uh, there has to be some separation though right i mean if you have covid well they're not really not patients yeah, uh, they're not in in your building. You're you're. It's an outside service. Yeah, right? everything yeah. that we are doing on the prevention and early intervention yeah. will stay online until we Good. we think it's safe. So we, I mean, even now, school districts are closing up. Absolutely, there's no. I don't anticipate us going into doing assemblies like we used to. I yeah. mean. Probably three weeks before, we had one of the biggest ones we've ever had with a thousand kids in the room, oh. and so that was a dramatic shift for us. But right. the staff are so dynamic that they were able. And then what was really cool is a lot of times you can only have one staff member that goes out to do that. Yeah. Then we got to bring all of Not My Kid, and it was our entire team working with these kids, and they were moderators in the session. So again, I, I. I there were silver linings. Um, our counseling is in person for the most part. If you hear from kids, they want to see people. They want to connect with yeah. people. So we're just being really safe like you and I are in the studio right now, taking yeah. every precaution possible um, because we, we really firmly believe that there, there's kids that just need to be in the room with someone right now. And we can do that safely. Yeah. When it's just one-on-one, you know, small scale, only 10 people in our office at a time. So we're making that happen, too. That's uh, good. I think it's important for kids to be seen in person right now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because on Zoom, you could be doing anything. <laughs> yeah. I know. It, we're, we're a Zoom society now. Zoomed society. <laughs> Zoomed. I, I, and I think a lot of people can relate to that, too. It's, it's a technology platform that, again, has really created a lot of opportunity, but I'm a little zoomed out. And I think a lot of people can agree on that too. too. I am too. Yeah. I do a, too many a week. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, and I, I got to be with people. I'm, 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 a, yeah. I'm built that way. Me so, too. So, so I, I was so excited why. when you said come to the studio. I was like, <laughs> someone wants to see me in person. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's been amazing because, um, I don't, I can't, I, I've forgotten the exact count, but we, we have 30 some programs on the stream right now mm-hmm. in podcast form. Probably about thirty-five started in May, in May of last year, right as COVID was coming in, mm-hmm. and um, um, I've only had maybe five times that they've asked to be on Zoom, mm-hmm. 
And Jeremy's shaking his head, yes, that's mm-hmm. about right, right? Everybody else wanted to come in. Yeah. So, and and we, this is wiped down. It gets, you know, mm-hmm. can't be totally sterile in a studio environment, but right. as, as much as we can be. Yeah. And um, so I, it's it's still that way. What we're striving for is some connection. Yeah. And I think that's the piece yeah. of, you know, there there is a balance to this because I, I think everyone has resolved to the fact that this is not going to go away overnight, um, that there, we have to figure out a, a way to live our lives safely and, you know, navigate this. I, I know the challenges are profound for people who might be elderly and disconnected and need connection. Same thing for kids. And, and, you know, I can speak firsthand to what's going on with kids. You know, they need socialization. They need to be around their people. Developmentally, that's normal for them. So I I think that's why there is a lot more struggle for kids. And, you know, for anyone that's listening to this, it's, you know, if your child is acting a little differently or your grandchild just seems like something's up, there, there there is an element of... When you don't have that interaction, it's going to cause some some depression and, and struggle. It, it, they're just not going to feel good. Absolutely. So, age wise, well, mm-hmm. your range of, of what you deal with. Our sweet spot is yeah. is middle school to eighteen years old. That's that, our sweet spot. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 But I, I think that what's been happening naturally for not my kid because we've built such a strong community of families that know about us. It is not far fetched to hear from parents that reach out with their kids that are in college age. Um, and I, my heart goes out to college students. Oh, their, their way of life has changed dramatically yeah. um, and the mental health struggle that is there as well. So, you know, I have a son that's a senior and I, I feel terrible for yeah. him. I don't think he really understands what he's truly missing, but all the things that we took for granted, yep. proms, games, uh, you just all graduations. Yeah. Um, but you know what, what, uh, my theme, my hashtag is resilience. Yep. Like I know everybody talks about this being unprecedented, but yeah. kids are actually showing us their best too. And so are lots of people. I, I know that this is a very challenging time. You know, it, it's, we're never going to forget it, yeah. but I think we'll, we'll push forward and look back and realize, yes, there was grief, there was struggle. Um, but we learned a lot about ourselves. And I, I think that kids are going to teach us some really strong lessons about it. You're already touching on one of my questions for the day, which I was going to say for the last one. But mm-hmm. now that you've talked about it, mm-hmm. after COVID, there's going to be a lot of stories written, right? Yes. Already. Mm-hmm. What do you think your story will be after COVID? I want it to be about how kids figured out how to overcome this, you know, and, and there are going to be a lot. Uh, you know, it, it breaks my heart every time I, I hear of, of a suicide when it was dark enough that that was the only viable option for someone at that time. And, and I'm not just talking about kids. I'm talking about adults that saw yeah. a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah. Um, and that's overwhelming. But I also think that there's been some pretty amazing things that come out of this. And it really is going to be the story of resilience that um, we know kids can bounce back. We know that they have the power to overcome. Um, but we know that there's also real trauma that's happening. Uh, you know, I remember um, Director Fuentes at the governor's office of Youth of Faith and Family very early on when there was a COVID shutdown, right? 
Um, and she had expressed her concern for, you know, the child abuse hotline and the calls that would come in were typically from teachers. And those calls had stopped mm. because these kids were no longer seen yeah. by teachers. And, and that, I think, has really shaken up the community in terms of when kids are not in safe places, how are they faring? Yeah. So, you know, I... The reality is we don't actually know what the fallout is. We, we do have to probably get a year or two out to understand what's going to happen. But I'd like to think that um, kids aren't missing like the things we say they are, all those pressures we were packing into their lives when we were all busy and running around with your GPA, where you're going to go to school, like what are you doing, 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 versus just this great slowdown that happened in self-reflection time and really pointing to what really matters. So um, you mentioned uh, the governor's office of youth, faith, and family with mm-hmm. Director Fuentes. She was on our show not long ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh gosh, we're down to the last two minutes. Jeremy says <laughs> time flies when I you're know. having fun. Yeah. So uh, I've already asked you the closing question. You've mm-hmm. already answered. Mm-hmm. But 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 I'm going to make this the closing question. Mm-hmm. Who else do you interface with? Do you interface with governor's office of youth, faith, and family? Yes. Do you uh, interface with uh, drug counselors with uh, all the above? Yes. All, I, of, all of the large agencies? Is yep. It? I would have to tell you that um, aside from the donor community that you know lifts Not My Kid Up every year, yeah. um, the governor's office of Youth, Faith, and Family does incredible work around substance use disorders and mental health. And um, I would say the community of care networks that we're building, um, we have support from Lots of big organizations and foundations. In fact, the Thunderbirds Charities just made an investment in our mental health initiative. Um, Dignity Health uh, got behind us. So um, we're calling those community of care where organizations of like-minded missions are coming together um, to do more and stop some of the gaps. I love it. In service. And, and I hope this year the Thunderbirds can maintain. I know. <laughs> they're giving because their giving has been so precious throughout all of it, all of the Valley and Arizona. Absolutely. Actually. Yeah, there's some amazing yeah. foundations. So how should a parent or someone get in touch with you? I would say the best way to do it is notmykid.org. Okay. Go visit that site. Give us a call. We're available all the time for you. Thank you, Kristen. CEO of Not My Kid. It's been a pleasure. Look for the show. It'll be on uh, soon. We are at the end of the show for now. You can catch the uh, the podcast of the show on Spotify or Instagram mm. <laughs> or f- uh, Facebook as well. But thank you so much and God bless. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM.